Good morning, everybody. Uh, hello, my name is Chris, and welcome to Searchlight Fellowship. Uh, it's, we're blessed to have you here. I know this is Christmas week, and a lot of us are busy. I appreciate you taking your time. So I just want to welcome you uh, and say thank you for coming. It's really nice to have everyone here. Uh, we even have some pets here today, which is awesome. I always love to see pets. It's a cute dog. Um, so just first thing, uh, I don't know if you even got the sense already, but I just want you to know if this is your first time here, that Searchlight Fellowship, we encourage exploring. Uh, we want to welcome you and let you know that you're in a safe place to ask questions. We really encourage that because we believe that uh, if, if there is a truth, which we do believe there is, uh, that it will hold up to scrutiny and questions. So we encourage that. Uh, in, in our conversations, even after. So please come uh, chat with us after church. Um, and I just want you to know that this is a place that we really want you to feel free and to feel at peace and to find God's love because that's what we want to provide here. So thank you so much for coming. I just want to spend a, just a two minutes before uh, we do our teaching just to tell you what we have in, in your program. So as you walked in, you got your program here. Uh, inside that, there's several things I just wanted to point out. Uh, one thing is uh, the connection card, and we ask that each of us fill this out each week. If you want to get started on that, go ahead. Uh, it's self-explanatory, but we'll go through that later as well. There is a giving envelope. If you'd like to give a tax-deductible giving later on today, we'll have an offering. Uh, that's in there as well. And, oh, that's all that's in there today. Okay. So there's those two things uh, in there. Uh, we will have some giveaways in the back in terms of handouts for our series that's happening. Uh, that will help as well. So, uh, again, the connection card, what this is, is just helps us get to know who you are. If it's your first time here, I really want to encourage you to fill it out. Uh, and there's a, a box here to say if you're a first-time guest or second-time guest. If you fill it out with your address, we'll actually send you a small gift. So please um, do that. Hold on to that. We'll collect them later. And I have two announcements today. So uh, we're very excited about this. Uh, we, we have home fellowships, which is sometimes in conjunction with the teaching. This one is a completely separate series called uh, Demystifying the Bible. It's starting the second week of January, which is the week of January 13th. And these are home fellowships where we invite you to our individual homes. Uh, it's usually a smaller group, six to eight people. And this one is about uh, demystifying the Bible. And our home fellowships in, in general are the best way for us to grow in our faith, uh, build friendships, and even... Uh, even learn how to serve those around you, which is a big part of Searchlight Fellowship. So it's an eight-week teaching series that is going to show us how to read the Bible. I don't know if, if you guys have ever struggled with it, but I personally uh, have struggled to read the Bible. How do, how do you interpret some of these verses and make sense of it? Because we, we really believe that it can be understood, and it can be understood without contradiction, but it takes, it takes someone to help us understand that and, um, and to break that down because it's not something we can do by ourselves. We, we really can't. So, again, it's starting the week of January 13th. Uh, we encourage you to register. They fill up quickly. Where you do that is on our website, searchlightfellowship.org slash fellowships, and you'll see it there. So, again, this is our home fellowships. Uh, sign up. Please do. If, if you don't have a computer, you have need access, come talk to us. We'll, we'll get you signed up. Um, the second thing I wanted to talk about a little bit today is our, uh, actually our most popular weekend series, the Dating Workshop. That is happening in March, March 28th to the 30th. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a good time. Um, you know, in this workshop, we learn, um, you know, God's design of how to have healthy relationships that are romantic. Because God wants us to be in love and marriage. And, you know, we're not supposed to uh, 
come on five years or seven years and fall out of love. It's not supposed to be that way. That's not how God designed it. And in this class, it'll show you that uh, that it is possible. And uh, if you've ever had a challenging relationship, which I'm sure some of us have had, uh, you won't want to miss it because it really is an amazing weekend. Uh, what it consists of, to give you a general idea, though, is that there's general sessions where we watch a video about a certain topic, uh, topics like boundaries to give you a sense of it, topics like uh, are you ready to date? You can ask some of the questions. Uh, topics of sex, there's all sorts of sex. God designed sex, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. Um, and you can come learn about what God's design is for that. So uh, we do a general session about those topics and we break up into small groups and talk about some of those challenging topics because you know relationships are really dear to our heart and we need a place to learn how to talk about these things in a safe, non-judgmental way. So please come. It's March 28th to the 30th. Early registration, you'll save 50 bucks. So again, our website, searchlightfellowship.org, events for more details. So those are my announcements. Uh, later on, again, hold on to the connection card. We'll collect those later uh, during the offering. In just a minute, uh, Nancy is gonna come up, our lead pastor, why don't you come up actually? She's gonna be share a message, but I just wanna encourage you to prepare your hearts and get ready to take notes. You have a pen and in your um, program, there's, there's some, some lines you can take some notes, so please do. We really believe that God has something special for each of you uh, today. So thanks so much, and here's Nancy Burwood. Well, I'm excited about this series. Um, it's New Year's Prayer Revolution! And the reason that um, I, I want to kind of talk about why I'm so excited and, like, extremely passionate about this when you think about New Year's, this is our new holiday. I know we just got over Christmas, uh, barely, but, <laughs> but the next new holiday that we have is New Year's. And what do we do during your New Year's? What do people do? Make resolutions. And so, I, you know, it's really interesting because why do people do that? The whole, why do people even celebrate January 1st? Why, it's a, why is it even a big deal, you know? Just like, come on, it's just another day. But the fact that it's a new year represents that it's time for us to reflect, to see where we came from and where we want to go. Isn't that what that's about for New Year's? So I want you to think right now, for 2014, I want you to think a little bit, what would you like it, what would you like it to be? You know, if you could just make 2014 be anything that you'd like it to be, what would be your wishes? What would be your hopes? What would be your dreams? What would you do differently than you did in 2013? What would you like to have be different? What would you like to maybe change? What would you like to have more of? What would you like to have less of? I want you to be thinking about that in this teaching. And the reason that I wanted, I was super passionate, uh, you can ask anybody on the leadership team, about starting off this year as prayer revolution is because of the fact that usually what happens on New Year's, you make a resolution. Anybody not keep their resolutions for New Year's? Anybody make a resolution and didn't do it? <laughs> it's kind of common, isn't it? I, I think probably, my guess is everybody here has done something like that. So it's just sort of like, usually people start off in January super passionate. I want this year to be this. I'm going to make a resolution, you know, lose weight, which, you know, that's one that I'm never keep. And, um, or whatever it might be. And then it kind of peters out. And so one of the things that, that I truly believe with all my heart is that there's nothing 
that you can do that will impact 2014 more radically than prayer? I believe with all my heart. And, you know, it's so counterintuitive because are you really doing anything, does it seem like, when you're praying? Doesn't it kind of seem, ever think, feel like prayer was unproductive? You know, wait a minute, I'm not doing anything. How, I'll tell you, if there is no God, prayer is pretty empty in some ways, probably. But that was so, that's what's so amazing and shocking about prayer is it's something that seemingly is doing nothing can have packed such a big wallop. It has such a big impact. And you know what? It works whether you believe or don't believe to some degree. I'm going to talk about that actually in this series. So I want to, my goal for tonight and in this series, well, my goal for the series is to get you excited about prayer if you're not, to get you enjoying prayer so that you crave it, you hunger for it, you love it more than anything, like you can't wait to have time in prayer, that you believe and that you see results in your prayer life where you pray and you get answers to your, pray- to your prayers. If you're not there where you know that when you pray, you're going to get answers from God because you've seen it over and over and over again, I believe that that's possible. And part of this series, we're going to like talk about things like what can you pray for? What can't you pray for? One of the reasons people don't get answers to pray to prayer is that they ask for things that aren't even available from God. So we're going to talk about that. How to have your prayer life be effective, be powerful, be enjoyable, be exciting, and make a big difference. So those are, so those are some of the things. So you kind of excited about this series? I am. I'm telling you, we're, like, we're going to take, because my journey with prayer when I started off, when I first came to know God, it was kind of exciting because, you know, I came from being an atheist. So just the fact of opening myself up to the possibility that there was a God was very exciting. So the beginning of my prayer life was super exciting, kind of like a romance, you know, like when you first meet somebody and it's brand new and it's not really a lot of effort, right? It's just everything's super exciting. That was the beginning of my prayer life. But then as time wore on, you know, my prayer life got to be kind of boring, rote, redundant, like going through the motions, check off the box. Anybody have prayers like that sometimes? Like, uh, boring, check, check, check. You're doing it almost because you think you're supposed to or out of obligation. It's like, that sucks, you know? Like, that is just not God's will. That is not what God's heart was for prayer, that we do it in some sort of duty and check off the box because then we'll be good little boys and girls. So we're going to talk about how to make that more exciting. And I feel like I've learned so much about prayer over the years of walking with God that I want to pass it on. And I'm passionate. If you guys have spent time around me, you know, I'm like, like with like a feverish passion practically with trying to convince people to make prayer a priority. And, and so, so therefore prayer revolution, because I believe that if you want to revolutionize 2014, your top thing to make a resolution to do is to pray. So anyway, that's kind of what we're going to be talking about. Um, so let's talk about, let's actually turn first to uh, Luke if you have Bibles. Otherwise, we're also on the Bible. If you have the Version Bible app, you can look us up there under Searchlight, under New Year's Prayer Revolution, and all the scriptures will be there if you feel like following there. You can take notes in your programs. 
and you can even just look up there very easily. So anyway, uh, Luke chapter 5. I love this because um, it says, well, I'll read the verse and then I'll tell you why I love it so much. Uh, it says, however, the report went around concerning him, this is Jesus, all the more. And great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. So this is amazing to me because Jesus, the only begotten son of God, for one, do you think, I don't think that there was ever a human being that had as much demanded of him as Jesus. Could you imagine what that would be like? You think you got pressures? Anybody feel like, oh my gosh, I've got so much to do. My plate's so full, busy, busy, busy. Jesus had throng, multitudes, I, like there were thousands of people all the time that wanted from him healing. And that's not exactly a small request, right? How would you feel if somebody came up and said, would you heal me? Would that stress you out at all? Would you feel at all a little pressure or like, oh, I don't know if I could live up to the... It's like, but he had thousands of people coming to him for healing, wanting things. You know, like think about this, like... It's um, about what the demands were on him. And yet, it says he withdrew. In fact, you know what's kind of funny in this verse I love? It says, in verse 16, it starts off, it says, so he himself. So the reason, so because he had multitudes, he often withdrew in the wilderness and prayed. So it's not like you think you got, you're busy, Somehow, Jesus got it, and, and, and to make prayer a priority, he needed that. Jesus, the only begotten son of God, needed prayer and needed to make time for prayer, or he couldn't do what he was able to do. I want to actually take a look at the next one in um, next verse that I've got in um, Luke 6. This is another one about Jesus. And it says, now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Now, when's the last time you prayed all night? You know, this is a guy, again, we're talking about a guy with a busy schedule. It is amazing to me that all, this is repeated in the Bible. It's not just a time or two in the Bible that it speaks about how much time Jesus spent in prayer. It's not, you can't do it as left, for one, we see you need to take time to pray. It needs to be something that you prioritize. If you don't put it first, you're not going to find time. If he was looking for leftover time, Jesus would never pray. There was no leftover time. But I really believe that the reason that he could be so powerful in his ministry is because he made it a priority first to pray. It was like, like he spent way more time in prayer than you and I because he needed God to energize him to be able to do what he was able to do and to minister to thousands of people. I've seen it personally for me. You know, it's really interesting. I, like I, I've gone through times in my life and I, and it's, believe it or not, this is kind of a common thing when people are pastors or in, in ministry leadership it's really, believe, I know it sounds really bizarre, it's really common 
that people start off their lives like passionate about prayer, really trusting God, really putting a lot of time. And then people typically, I've seen this for myself and pretty much anybody I know, start being self-reliant and get too busy and do the work of God without prayer. And I'm telling you, it burns you out. It's tiring. It's exhausting. You start, re like, resenting people wanting things from you. It's just like they, people all of a sudden seem burdensome when that happens. And I've seen night and day, like, what a difference that it makes, like, when I really make prayer my focus and my priority time-wise versus, oh, I just get too busy. So part of this is really the discipline of setting aside the time to do it as well and making it a priority. I, like, you know, like I, right now for the most part, I almost every day I spend time focused on prayer because it, I really get it that it matters so much. But I still, there are days that I don't and I'm an idiot. You know, I really am. I get so much more done when I spend time in, like focused on prayer to God than I than I do when I don't do that. My day's like, all of a sudden, nothing goes well when I don't spend time, you know, everything takes longer. You know, it's just sort of uh, night and day kind of different. So anyway, um, let's go to uh, James chapter five. It's kind of like that, um, you know, have you heard of the rocks in the sand analogy? You know, where we did this uh, during the Live Your Vision um, series where you fill up a jar, and if you fill, if you have a bunch of rocks and a bunch of sand, and if you fill the jar first with sand, you won't have room for the rocks. The, the rocks representing the most important things in your life, the most significant, the big things that really matter. Because we are all filled in our time and our schedule with sand, lots of sand. We all do lots of sand. Sand is cleaning the house. Sand is being on Facebook. Sand, you know, sand is going to the grocery store. You know what I'm saying? Like sand is just sort of like a lot of the small, smaller day-to-day -day insignificant things that, that you know, some, some of them are necessary things, some not as necessary, that fill up our time. But the goal in life is to always put the rocks, the things, the big, most significant, big picture things in the jar first, then the sand fills in around the rocks. You actually will fit more in your life if you focus on the rocks first. To me, my number one rock is, is prayer. You know, it's just sort of like I really want to keep that as, as a passion. Um, let's go to James chapter 5 and in verse 13. I love this one. I love this verse. It says, if anyone, is anyone among you suffering? You know, think, think about that. If there's any suffering, what's the answer for that? Prayer, let him pray. Okay, here's another one. Is anyone cheerful? Guess what the answer is? Pray. <laughs> happy prayers. Sing, do happy prayers. It says, let him sing psalms. Guess what psalms are? Happy prayers. <laughs> do, 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 yeah. Yay, God. Woohoo. So, you know, if you're down, pray. If you're happy, pray. <laughs> is anyone sick among you? Guess what the answer is? Pray. How funny is that? It says, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. This is a big one, too, is, is inviting people if you're not into praying for you and uh, is, is a powerful one. Um, and then it says, in, and then let, it, uh, let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. 
And then in verse 15, it says, And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And we're going to be talking about faith and, and the role of faith in one of these, these things. But I love, like, it says, the prayer of faith, it says, will save the sick. It, it doesn't say maybe. A prayer of faith will save the sick. It's, it's a promise from God that it will work. Because why? It says the prayer will, if, it's, if you pray in faith, it'll save the sick. It says, because the Lord will raise him up. And then it says, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. That's with prayer too. Then in verse 16, confess your trespasses or the shortcomings or the struggles you have to one another. And what? Pray. Oh, come on. You guys can join me. Join me. <laughs> um, and pray for one another that you may be healed. And you know what's interesting? The word of God, we're going to talk about this in the demystifying the Bible. There is a purpose in the word of God for every word in the word. The word of God, it says, are pure words as silver tried in a furnace seven times. Every word in the Bible is precise and it's significant. And so you want to look when you're studying the Bible of God has a purpose for everything he says, how he says it, when he says it, where he says it, to whom he says it. Every, every, every word in the word. So we want to look when we're reading about the precision. Just like we read, it says, the prayer of faith, you will be saved if you're sick. In this, it's really interesting. It says, pray for somebody that has trespasses, for someone else that they may be healed. There's not a will, there's a may in there, which is more, it opens the door for the possibilities of healing because ultimately it helps the situation, but we don't overtake free will. See the precision in God's word there? Pretty cool, huh? And then it says, the effective, fervent, white-hot prayer of a righteous man avails much. It, bam, has got impact. Bam, that's what your prayers do, got impact. It avails much. Whatever it is, there is nothing more powerful that as far as you want to solve things. Anybody here like somebody is a doer or an A-type or let's fix it, Anybody, people like that? You want to be A-type prayer, bam, that's the way you have some impact. Whatever your problems, this is saying whatever is going on in your life, there is nothing that you can do that's going to, bam, have more impact than prayer. You want to just do Pray first, do later, do, do second, do after, do some, you know, the doing should come after the prayer. It'll make the doing go a whole lot easier. Then it gives an example. It says, verse 17, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, a regular guy, Elijah, it says. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Now, it says he was like a nature like us. Elijah was a regular guy. Now, Elijah, if you haven't heard about him, this guy blows my mind. This guy went up against 450 prophets of Baal. And he sat there during this drought because he prayed that it wouldn't rain. And to show, because the people had been carried away to idols, they were worshiping idols. And so Elijah, to get people to see that God was the power and by revelation of God, 
He prayed that it didn't rain. Then when the prophets were mad, you know, the, the 450 prophets of Baal, he had a competition that God showed him. He said, you pray to your God, I'll pray to mine, and we'll see. We're going to set up two altars, and we'll see whichever God answers by fire and, and sets the, the altar on fire, that's who we'll worship. And do you agree? And they're like, yes, we'll agree. We'll worship whoever answers by fire. So after that time, the 450 Prophets, they're dancing and dancing and cutting their wrists all day, all day. And they got bupkis. They got nothing. There's no, their gods are empty. Their gods don't do nothing. There's no fire. There's no nothing. Nothing happens. And Elijah prays to God and says, God, you show them your God. And bam, just like the thing just lights on fire. It, 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 it burns the, the, the ox. It burns the stones even. And he had told them to drench it with water. That's God. And it says, so Elijah in the Bible is a famous, powerful prophet. And it says he's a normal dude like you and me. But guess what set him aside? Prayer. Prayer. Come on, you guys can say it. What set him aside? Prayer. Prayer. All right, all right. I, I wanted you guys to get with me here. Yeah. Elijah, that's what, <laughs> you know, you want, you, you could be like Elijah. You can. Prayer, that was the thing. That's what God says separated Elijah, normal guy, was prayer. It was nothing, nothing special he was born with, nothing like that. Okay, so the next point I want to talk about is that for prayer, it takes, I really want to come back to the fact that it takes discipline, it takes time, it takes making it a priority. I want to come back to that, and we'll go to 1 Thessalonians Chapter 5, in verse 17, it says, pray what? Without ceasing. Oh, my goodness, it didn't. <laughs> like in the bathroom, in the shower, I don't know, like. <laughs> it means, <laughs> uh, <laughs> pray without ceasing, it says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. God's will is what? Pray without ceasing. That's the will of God. Let's take another one. You know, in the book of Acts, the book of Acts in the Bible is the book of the record of the first century church. It's the first hundred, well, it's not even the first hundred years, the first, you know, the first years um, of the Christian church. It's the beginning of Christianity. And so, in the book of Acts, when you read the believers in their church were seeing healings and miracles, like, a lot. Like, it was kind of commonplace. They had faith like you wouldn't believe. They just had all kind of fiery faith. And it says in the Bible that there were five things that they did that built their faith. And prayer is one of them. And so I want to take a look at, um, in Acts 2, in verse 42, there's a couple of verses and you see, why did they see miracles? It wasn't because the times were different, folks. It was because they were doing things. Because I've seen miracles today. You know what? I've actually seen a lot. I've seen a lot of miracles. I believe in miracles. I've seen instant healings. I don't see them every day, but, I, but I've seen at, at least 100, I would say. Instantaneous, miraculous things that can't be explained in the physical realm in other ways. I believe that God wants... It's totally available for all of us to see that more in our lives on a more regular basis. And in the book of Acts, they did it 
because they, it says that they prayed, they fellowship, they read the word, they shared their faith, and they gave of their finances. There were five things that they did that built their faith. And so in Acts 2.42, we'll actually see, because this is the verse that lists some of those five in that section. It says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, that's God's word, in a fellowship and in breaking in bread and in prayers. And then it says, the continued means, continued steadfastly, those words mean to be steadfastly attentive to, to continue all the time, to persevere and not faint. It means not to give up, not to quit, to keep being persistent in prayer is what that continued steadfastly is. Um, and then I also want to look at Acts chapter 1 and verse 14. It says, because it's the same word. You're going to see this a lot when it comes to prayer, that same word as far as continued, the perseverance, steadfastly attentive to. In Acts uh, chapter 1 and verse 14, it says, and it says, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. Those are two different words for prayer that we're going to actually be talking about in this series too because there's different kinds of prayers, um, you know, uh, in the Bible that we're going to talk about. And it says, with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. And that one accord, I love this. So we've got the continued is the same word that we looked at before in Acts 2. That one accord is the Greek word homothumadon, which means like passion. It means it's like that they were on fire together in prayer, that they had one heart, that, that there was faith in the community, that there was passion and faith as a community for prayer. That's part of the reason why fellowship is also important in building our faith and in building prayer and having us be on fire for God. Homothumadon, white hot, white hot for God. And you see, so they were constantly in that. So it's exciting. So here's the thing. What, what do we look about today? I believe with all my heart it's in the Bible. There is nothing, nothing. If you want 2014 to be all it can be, think about what you want it to be. What are the things that you hope and dream and long for? What would... What's the picture that you have? The number one thing, if you want to make a resolution, make a resolution to pray and you will revolutionize 2014. Part of this is, is it takes, you need to make it a priority. You need to set aside the time. It can't be leftover time. You never have any leftover time. Has anybody got any leftover time? If I, so part of this is just thinking about Making it a priority to set aside time. And you need time, especially if you're not used to praying. You kind of need more. I usually recommend to start with somewhat like a half hour a day. and Because usually when you start, your mind wanders. Have you noticed that? If you don't pray all the time, you start praying and all of a sudden you're doing your grocery list. And, you know, thinking about what your schedule's like and what you're going to do tonight for fun. And, you know, you know that kind of thing. So at the beginning, I really recommend set aside a quiet time, find a place that you can get quiet, and set aside a half hour of time to try to pray, to just do your best, to be seeking God, to be in the presence of God. We're going to talk about how to make the quality part, but first, it's kind of like you have to set aside the time first and make the space for it. You know, and, and you need to account. Even at the beginning, sometimes I even tell people, if your mind's really wandering, spend an hour. 
you know, depends. But a half hour is great just to start with, to just put that in. And you got to schedule it in, otherwise you're never going to find time. You know what my, tr sometimes what tricks me, which I hate, is I'm this, per like, email is my big thing as far as getting rid of all the email in my box. And I'll wake up and start working on email. And then I, it's just sometimes I, it's just like, okay, step away from the email, Nancy. Step away from the computer, you know. <laughs> you know, you kind of want to start looking. It's not all or nothing. It is not all or nothing. Wherever you're at, just make some movement. Think about right now where you are. What are the next steps? It's not going to look ideal. It's something you're going to grow in, and it will take time. So be patient with yourself. If you beat up yourself and shame yourself and say, I'm not doing very well, my brain is wandering too much, you know, you're just going to discourage yourself. It's just we're going to talk about the layers of how you can build this so that it can be consistent and exciting. It is possible. It really is. I'm going to walk you through some stuff that works, and it works, and it works, so that you love your prayer life. I promise. I promise. You get your money back if uh, it doesn't work <laughs> at the end of the series. You guys want to come and stay for the series? Uh, I tell you, you're going to see some stuff if you step out on this. But right now, for the first part of this, just think about setting aside the time and doing it where you put it in your schedule, where you make the space. If it means getting up a little bit earlier, think about what works and just be noticing the things that trick you out of it. You know, don't speak harshly to yourself, but just notice, you know. But to really be, I want you to even think and, and set aside what to make, I want to challenge you to make a resolution to pray. To really resolve yourself that the beginning of 2014 in particular, you're going to step up your prayer life and give it a priority. Because I really believe it's going to have a huge impact. Amen. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, you are awesome and great and I love you so much. And I'm blessed that people came and turned out today. I know it's the Sunday after Christmas where a lot of churches aren't even open today, <laughs> but, um, but I really feel very, very thankful for this enthusiastic group of people that came to to want to seek you out, and I pray that you would honor that, that you would honor the hearts of these people, that even in their prayer life, that you would reveal things, that you would speak, God, that you would show everyone how much they matter to you. So I pray for this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.